Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. The Alabama Crimson Tide offensive line should have won the Heisman Trophy with three of the top five finalists. It's amazing. Hi, I'm Mac McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. My little dog, Coda, pushed me to the absolute limit yesterday for daddy love. I'll explain here in a second. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits. And not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. Yeah, the Top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee, sitting alongside Justin Waller. Justin, how the hell are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great, Mac. I uh, can't wait to hear about this uh, Coda Daddy loving here. I mean, is North Florida out of peanut butter? What's going on? Okay, so, all right. So, I'm, we were going to start off with the Heisman Trophy, but I got to get this story out. Because this was absolutely, I mean, you talk about, when people talk about loving their dogs and whatnot. This took me to the break. So I'm in the middle of doing training for a new job at home, work at home, call center, that kind of junk, right? And Monday, my little one, Coda, decided that uh, she couldn't take it anymore. She had to use the restroom, okay? And she did her business on a couple of the, of the rugs in, in, in my bathroom. And I got it cleaned up. I was a little ticked off, but whatever. Da 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 da. Yesterday during my break, I tried to run out to my uh, treadmill and get some cardio in during my. You know, they a lot breaks. They force you to take breaks. A lot of stuff. I said, all right. Well, I'm gonna start taking this opportunity to walk on the treadmill a little bit, just because you know you're sitting for so long. I'm not trying to act like I'm some kind of hero or anything. But anyways. I come back, and I tried to get her up two or three times, right? But she was sleeping. She didn't want to get up. She's an older dog. I said, okay, what the hell? I come back, and as I'm walking through the garage door into the kitchen, I smell what I think she had, like, broken wind, right? I was like, my God, I can smell you all out here in the garage. I, I turned the corner, Justin, and almost every single rug, and we have all these little rugs all throughout the house because – She's getting older. Her pads can't really uh, grip our, our floor. Yeah. We got these little rugs through the house, and she's crapped on every single one of them. 
and it smells atrocious. And to add to it, I've got to be back on call right next to these rugs in two minutes. <laughs> so you get where I'm at, right? And you're middle of training, and you don't feel like that you can just pop in and say, hey, guys, I'll be back in about 10, 15 minutes. i got to take care of something. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, right? So this is this right here, I'm, I'm just furious at this point. Like It's two days in a row. I try to be nice to let you sleep in. For now on, you're just going to go outside. So I'm furious. I get her out the door. She she knows what she did because she goes into the back of our of our uh, yard and as opposed to normally she'll sit there and stare at, at the at the uh, the fence and everything and kind of look at the birds and everything. She she focused her attention back towards the house because she wanted to see what my reaction was right. So I slammed the curtain shut because I didn't want to want her looking at me doing this right, cleaning all this junk up. And the the clock is ticking. That's the thing. The clock is ticking. So okay. I, I ended up getting all these crowd, all these rugs crowd. The ones I could throw in the washer, I threw in the washer. The ones that I couldn't, I threw outside. But I, I left out the part that there are still parts of the floor she hit without rugs, right? So I'm now having to mop, dry mop this thing because, because she, it's set into the floor. That's not working. I've got to now wet mop it. It's smearing everywhere. You you get the picture, right? I'm slipping and sliding because 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 of our floor. It's wet. I was like, if I fall in this, I'm gonna lose it. I'm just gonna lose it. It's gonna be. It's just you have to you have to put me into like a mental facility. I get all that done, huffing and puffing, running back and forth, jumping on my headset, seeing if anyone's talking to me, seeing oh they're in a conversation, so I can jump up and do more stuff. Right? Still not admitting to the class what the hell's going on. I sit down, I go, all right, let me get focused. I'm still, I'm like out of breath and everything. Okay, I got everything out the door. It's even gotten on the drapes because as I'm trying to get the freaking rugs out the door, the drapes are getting the way and the, the damn drape dra uh, slammed up against one of the rugs. So that's, so now I got the, I got the drape halfway in and out of the house with the sliding glass door because I don't want to smell it because it's like three feet from where my quote unquote office is. So, okay. All right, finally got that done. Sitting down, I'm huffing and puffing. I was already, you know, already a little sweaty because of the, you know, just you know, doing the walking. Normally, walking wouldn't put people out of breath and sweaty, but you know, look at me. Come on. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> all right, all right, you finally. And I sit there. And God, I can still smell it. Why? Why can I still smell it? It's all, it's all inside my my workout shoes. So I jump up again. I run around the house and jump up again. Now I've got to mop myself again because I didn't realize it had gotten into my shoes. And it's ingrained in my shoes. So I'm spraying the hell out of my shoes, leave them in the sink, da-da-da-da-da, I'll deal with them later. Have to mop the house again because I don't know if it's going to get on my freaking socks. And I, you know, I was convinced I could still smell it. So I'm spraying the house down with Lysol. Okay, finally, get that crap done. Sitting there with no shoes, but whatever. I sit down. I go. I can still smell it. Why can I still smell it? And I and, and you, you know how you'll go to position yourself in a chair and you rub your hand on your on your on your pants or shorts, and then you you know pull it. I smell it on my hand. I'm like God. But and I and I realize it had gotten ingrained when I was taking the rugs out. It gotten into my workout shorts. 
So the whole time when I was like, yeah, I could not get rid of this smell is because essentially it was like a foot from my nose. So I finally go screw this. And while in, in the same wash with the rugs, I take my workout clothes, throw them in there. Still worried about that. I'm going to miss a conversation. So I'm still jumping back in and realize we've got these, these, uh, these webcams that they could turn on at any moment. And I go to sit down. I was like, I, I was like, I, I got to get back on here. She's in now. Now she's actually directed a question to me. I'm talking to her, and I was like, "Holy crap!" And I and I grab my I had to grab my my camera and throw it down and put it to the ceiling because it had that camera came on. When sometimes they'll they'll pop it on when they're talking to you. She'd have seen me sitting there, what would have looked like buck naked. <laughs> Because I had taken my shirt off and my shorts. I was just sitting there basically in my britches, right? And, you know, in my socks trying to... And I bet she'd be like, what the hell are you doing? So, that was my mid-afternoon... Uh, I think I got more cardio out of that than freaking running around on the, on the uh, treadmill. So, there you go. That's a pretty rough day, Mac. Dude, it was... And then my wife comes home. You know, she says she had a tough day. I was like, I don't want to hear it. I was like, I don't want to hear it. It's like... That you had a tough day. I was like, it was literally a crap show in here. I, like, I thought yesterday was a crap show. Coda said, "Hold my beer." You think you think I did did one to you yesterday? What do you see what I did to you today? I'm gonna go throughout the entire house. Anyways, we'll, well I mean, Coda just wanted to give you a great transition. I mean, she just wanted to to remind you that no matter how bad it was, it wasn't as bad as Doc Holliday's. Yeah, well, you know. What the hell? This guy goes out and wins coach of the year, and then he gets fired two weeks later at Marshall. Who's Marshall bringing in? And I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I saw them. They're fairly impressive. I remember when they hired him because we had talked about. Uh, they went seven and zero their first seven games, and then I think they lost their uh, final three. And I don't know if that final three skid. I don't, I don't know how that's enough when you win coach of the year for your conference but uh he has won a, a title game uh i think he's been in two been in three one one or two of them so uh it's not like he hasn't performed at the upper realm of conference usa but uh yeah that, that one was a little head scratcher right there uh, you're gonna fire the uh conference coach of the year so uh i would move there marshall i was absolutely su sur surprised isn't even the right word for it i i was shocked because I did not understand why you would fire a guy like that when you you're Marshall. It's not like you're Alabama, right? And you just replace Saban, and the guy after a few years just doesn't live up to stuff. He's getting you to a bowl game, but that's just not, you're Marshall. Who the hell is Marshall to fire someone after that? I mean, it just it, it just dumbfounds me. I mean, I was. I was hoping somewhere in the back of my head, like it was a financial decision, like uh, maybe they just couldn't go to terms, they couldn't afford it with, you know, COVID or fans in the stands. I don't know what their, their outlier reason is just trying to piece it together. But then when you see Doc Holliday's remarks, I mean, he thinks the the fans, the players, the, the staff, everybody under the sun at Marshall, the uh, old athletic director, but uh, never mentions the one that fires him. Like, well, maybe it wasn't that. I mean, I look. No, I have no clue. I don't know what is the basis behind it. It's just, it's like you said, it's just dumbfounding and shocking. He he'd been the head coach at Marshall, by the way, y'all, since 2010. Uh, he was six and two in bowls. 
Six and two at Bowles at Marshall. That's that's not the season. I'll tell you what's going to do. Whoever this athletic director is, he's going to be hard pressed to find someone of, unless he's already got some guy in place that, that, that no one is expecting. He's going to be hard pressed pressed to bring someone in as good as Doc Holliday at Marshall with them knowing what they know about the situation now. Like what? I could be fired just that easily. I was pulling up his uh, his numbers here, and no, they aren't outstanding, but he's still pretty darn solid. He started coaching there. He's got like a six twelve win percentage over those eleven seasons, right? And I do remember several times during. So, so we've been doing this particular show since two thousand fourteen, and I remember several times there were rumors of him taking over other jobs because it. So, some coaches don't, but the name Doc Holliday jumps out at you, right? So. I remember there was a couple of times when Florida State and Tennessee had had openings and stuff, and we would joke about how cool it would be for Doc Holliday be roaming the sidelines of your favorite team, right? But, I mean, this guy has had a long, long career. In fact, he was – I don't think I realized it, that he was the assistant head coach for the Florida Gators from 05 to 07. And – Was that his tenure before Marshall? Or did he have a stop in between? I, I did not West realize Virginia. he was uh, with Florida. He, okay. I, I didn't either. He went to West Virginia after that from 08 to 09. Same, same scenario. He was assistant head coach. Um, it looks like when he was at Florida, he was assistant head coach. But I don't, I'm not sure if that means he was the only assistant head coach. Uh, and he was also, it looks like, in charge of the safeties at West Virginia – he was in charge of the tight ends, fullbacks, and I'm guessing RC is running backs coach. So he goes to Marshall head coach in 2010, and that wasn't too far before uh, Meyer left. So I don't remember if he was ever in the conversation to come back and take over that program. But regardless, 85 and 54, not bad for Marshall, and. I know I keep saying Marshall. It's not like that they're a bad football program, but they're not a power five is is my point. And you can bring them in. You can bring him in. Hell, he must have been. He must have played for Bobby Bowden because I believe, well, he might have just missed him. Okay. He, he would have been recruited in by Bobby Bowden. Because he started in 76. I believe that was Bowden's first year at FSU. But he would have been recruited in by Bobby Bowden. But now that I'm looking at his playing career, uh, no. He would have been at he would have been at West Virginia with Bowden last year. He just didn't play that year. So he's had some stops along the way. He, he, when, when, and when he did that, he spent like the next 20 years at West Virginia. As, as a grad assistant and then moving his way up to different position coaches. So, anyway, you look at it, an impressive career. Someone's going to grab him up. I don't know if it'll be head coach right away, but someone's going to want his knowledge. I was just, I could not, I cannot believe there's a town called this. He was born in Hurricane, Virginia. Uh, West Virginia. Hurricane, West Virginia. That's kind of a cool name. Of course, I don't know how many hurricanes come through West Virginia other than back when they were both in the Big East. True. 
Did um, really shocking, especially since uh, it was one of their own. I um, mean, you know, and all of his ties to the state uh, just then head scratching. But he'll he'll enter coaching rehab down there in Tuscaloosa, and he'll bounce back out just fine. I have no no worries about that. No, I don't. Uh, I'm I'm actually shocked, you know, by the whole thing. To be honest with you, because I can't believe that. Anyways, we'll move on, but I can't believe that the guy wins. I don't know who you're going to pull in there, but you just put a big target on your back, and the AD better have have a stud, all I know. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed for sure. Um, let's go ahead and move on from that. The Heisman Trophy was last night, and we're looking at, to be honest with you, a little bit of a shocker. Not that Devontae Smith didn't have a great year, but they don't give it to receivers anymore. It's pretty much become a quarterback award. So on that on on that front, I was I was happy f- to see it because I, I like to see a difference. I'm tired of not seeing someone other than a quarterback win it. So that right there, I that right there was a plus for me. Uh, what what was your thoughts? I like that Smith won it. Um, I thought that the rest of the ballot was a little skewed after that. Uh, I don't know how Lawrence was number two. Um, I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback by no means, but this was not a Heisman ballot year, especially with the games missed. Um, I'd had a ballot a little different, and I was surprised Trask was four. Um, and with as low of votes as he had, I just I, I thought he would be right up there at number two or three. I thought it would be between him and Jones, two, three. And uh, really, Lawrence would, would, would have been the number five um, in my mind. That, that was the big shocker to me. Uh, I, I like to see Smith get it. Uh, I mean, we have seen some running backs uh, win the award, but uh, first wide receiver, and, geez, I can't even count the years right now, but it was Desmond Howard. What is it, early 90s? Desmond Howard, yeah. 91, 92? Yeah, I think 91, 92. Before that, I, I think it would have been a Tim Brown. So, did. And so that, you know, but for years it, it was a running back award and then it tr- switched over to the quarterback award. But we, we've talked on several occasions where we felt like there were running backs that at least should have been in the argument for it and did not get it. Now I remember Derrick Henry winning it, but all in all, it's, it's been a quarterback award down, down the stretch here for the last Upteen years. I mean, we're, I'm going to pull it up real quick, but I would. I was happy to see that. I still don't know if that would have been my Heisman Trophy winner. I still think I probably would have voted for Trask because when you've got three finalists on the same team, what that tells me is no one's that outstanding, right? But Trask to me did incredible things with incredible numbers and. Trevor Lawrence would have never been in my top four, by the way. He he it just it, he missed two games. His numbers were okay. There was nothing wrong with them. But when you consider the games that he missed, those were two of the bigger games that Clemson played. So his numbers kind of paled in comparison to the other guys. I think it's him personally. I don't, even, I don't have anything against Trevor Lawrence. Just because I'm a Florida State fan. It's got nothing to do with that. I'm going to pull for Trevor Lawrence when he gets in the pros. I don't care. But I'm just saying it, it, it felt disingenuous to have him there. Then he finishes second. I, w- I was really surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, the, the vote comes in or is finalized after championship weekend. Is, is that correct? 
Yes, it gets. Uh, Did you know when when yes. they tally them? Yes. Yeah. It, it has to be in by that Monday by like noon or something like that. So a lot of them are have started to wait. I don't believe that uh, you you what you used to have is you have people pull the trigger too quickly because they were mailing it in right, and then even when they went to the option of email and whatnot, you still had people because they were old school. They they would vote extremely early. So well, into that it must have been a case of they waited this season and that championship game against Notre Dame where he dominant, he, you know, not, takes them out of it. Uh, and then they're like, whoa, okay, this is the difference in Clemson with and without Lawrence. I think that uh, probably had some influence there. Um, I don't know officially when when all of those 222 votes came in, but uh, I, I'd be willing to say a lot of them came in uh, after championship weekend, which is unfortunate because I'm with you. I, I have, I don't have him on that top. He's not in the top four, by no means. I don't think, I, and I don't think he should have been. Like that's what I don't get. And there, and no one really brought that up. Uh, to me, it was it was kind of a it was a story that I, I felt like should have been covered, but it really wasn't. I mean, I, there, there's a guy I follow on Twitter. I forget his name, so forgive me right now. But he's he's a respected writer for CBS and a couple of others, and he was predicting that Lawrence would win. And his reasoning was that there were going to be split votes between the Alabama base and the, but I, but we talked about this. I was like, this isn't like voting in in like a real election for politics. You you vote them, you rank them, and then how you rank them, they get X amount of points for where they're ranked on your ballot. So I didn't buy that bananas because I was like, well, how in the world? What are you just going to leave off? I want Devontae Smith, so I'm not going to vote for Mac Jones. I mean, that, that, that makes no sense. I, I was surprised that he finished where he finished because I thought Trevor Lawrence shouldn't even been in the top. We, we knew he was in the top four because he was invited to the showcase, right? But I, right. Thought, I thought he was going to be number four. I did not think in the million years he'd be number two or higher. Uh, let me see. The last, see, I'm, I'm pulling up the, the Heisman Trophy list right now. So you had quarterbacks until uh, Derrick Henry was the last running back. And then before that, it was uh, Mark Ingram running back from Alabama. I remember when he won, that was a big deal because it was the first first one for Alabama. And then you go back, Reggie Bush's, which has been vacated because of the whole scandal. of the. Wow, did he go Ingram to Bush with uh, without running backs? Yes. Or well, I guess it would be from Bush to Ingram. Wow. So it was, yeah. but that was only three seasons. It was uh, Troy Smith, Tebow, and Sam Bradford. And then before that, you have to go back to Ron Dane as as a non quarterback, and he, he had won it back to back year. Okay, so at that point, Ron Dane was a back to back. Winner with Ricky Williams of running back for back to back years, and before that, you had the first ever defensive player in Charles Woodson. So, there was a three year stretch where a quarterback did not win it, but that's been over. Had to work that in there, didn't you? Had to get that in there. Uh, just in case you, yeah, you had to, just in case you're listening, Peyton Manning. Uh, <laughs> but going back to that, it was predominantly when we were growing up, it was the best player award because you go back before that, you had. I'll just write them off real quick, but it was Eddie George or Salam, both of them running backs. 
Now, Charlie Ward and Gina Toretta were both quarterbacks, but then you go back to it's Desmond Howard was 91. We were just talking about that. And then before that, it was uh, Barry Sanders won in 88 and Tim Brown in 87. And when I was growing up as a kid, I knew it was going to give be given to the best overall player, the most outstanding player. And what it ended up doing over the years, it's, it's turned into a quarterback award. So I, I'm glad to see it come back. Um, maybe Chubba Hubbard would have actually had a fighting chance that he'd not shut it down the last couple of games of the season. But I would like to see more running backs and more receivers get it because it should. The game has changed. It's too friendly for the quarterback numbers, right? So I don't get impressed by these quarterback numbers anymore because every team's out there playing some kind of soft zone. The, the quarterbacks are tearing them to shreds. It was impressive to me what, what Trask did at Florida because he was basically a one-man show along with Pitts. That defense was terrible. They were, they were a track meet every game. What Alabama did was they dominated every team, and so there was never – I never felt like Mac Jones had a lot of pressure on him other than maybe until the SEC title game a little bit. They pretty much had that game in hand, but they almost screwed it away. Last thoughts on that before we run to break? Uh, none. Uh, just glad that uh, it's over with. Uh, now we get to see some silly commercials for the next 12 months, and uh, we'll do it again. <laughs> I don't know if... I don't know. It will at least maybe change the Kyler Murray and Tim Tebow commercials. About, I'm really getting tired of seeing that. I was about to say, I wonder if this will get rid of the Kyler Murray commercials because those are awful. Those are absolutely awful. At least the Baker Mayfield ones they had were actually fairly decent and funny. The Kyler, you're yet you're not you're you're not going to the playoffs, right? Why don't you take a couple extra weeks and take hit up some acting classes? That's that's all we're saying. Seem like a nice guy, but you're a dud on the film right now. We're going to be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Sean O'Toole is joining us. And when he comes in, we are going to be talking about National Football League, but we're also going to be talking a little hockey because hockey is back in just one week. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here on CBS Sports Radio and YouTube Live. Find us today. I'm bad at sex. There's a lot of thrashing and thumping, but nothing really is done. I'm like a broken dishwasher. CBS Sports Radio's Armchair Quarterbacks Drive Time, the new normal for 2020. Do you love to shop for guns? We're also looking for friendly service. Well, the search is over. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine is the friendly gun shop. The staff is very knowledgeable. Frank and Kirk can answer whatever questions you may have and assist you with your AR build. They have a great selection of ammo at great prices. They also carry a full line of targets, cleaning supplies, Lucas Oil products, and firearm magazines. Top Gun Supply is a Glock Blue Label dealer for military and first responders. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by Top Gun Supply of St. Augustine, 525 State Road 16, here in the Westgate Plaza. Top Gun Supply, the friendly gun shop. The Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. 
We're talking baseball. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks talking baseball. The last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. I had a plan, was a big baseball player, back in high school. Yeah, I'm 245, right down the middle, and I'm as green and left just a little. PGA is back again, and the Armchair Quarterbacks will be covering it from top to bottom. Tiger, Lefty, Brooks, and Rory, and everyone in between. The PGA on the Armchair Quarterbacks. The season is back and the Armchair Quarterbacks are teeing off on the PGA Tour. How the hell can you wear a Bears jersey at a Packer game? Okay, maybe he doesn't understand why it's wrong. Let me tell you in a way how you can understand. The Packers are like the Jedi. And you're wearing a Go Darth Vader jersey. Oh, that's ridiculous. The Jedi don't play football. They play Manuku. Foreman, this is worse than when you wore the Air Supply t-shirt to the Aerosmith concert. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks here on YouTube Live and uh, CBS Sports Radio and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Joining us today, as every Wednesday at about this time, Mr. Sean O'Toole. Sean, how the hell are you this morning? It's a beautiful morning. The United States won the uh, World Junior Cup hockey tournament. Did they? Everything's looking up. Yep, they did. 2-0 over Canada, which is... It's pretty rare. I mean, Canada owns the World Juniors and wins them most years. Um, the U.S. team was uh, was really good this year. Uh, there's a lot of young U.S. players coming through the pipeline right now, uh, namely Trevor Zegras, who scored uh, two goals. No, scored one goal last night. Can't remember if he scored one or two. But we won two to nothing. Um, and the U.S. junior team looked really good uh, this round uh, of the World Cup. So it was a good day. I I saw they were playing. I didn't. What was that on NHL TV? I think it was on NHL Network. Yeah, and I don't have NHL Network with um, YouTube TV, um, so I kind of had to watch it uh, here and there through the app and on Twitter. I was I was wondering about that game. I just I just don't know quite enough about it. So I I uh, I was trying to follow it through uh, a- uh, Twitter. But from from what I gathered, I figured that uh, your uh, 
Canadian team would be the most dominant one considering, right? So yep. That's, uh, yep. That's, uh, pretty much Canada, U.S., Russia, Sweden how, are pretty much how the often, last four standing. Now, how often do they play that? Is it like is that the like, World Juniors are every year? Oh, it's every year. Okay. World Juniors are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. World Juniors are every year. I didn't it's know a big that. deal in Canada. Gotcha. All right. Well, we're going to get into hockey here in a minute because uh, the the season's coming back. Uh, you know, you know what? I'll tell you what. Let's go and do that first. Since we let off with that, let's go ahead and do it first. No reason to to seesaw. Some a, a, one big storyline for you, Sean, that you're looking at going into next week. Maybe for the not for the entire season, but you're anxious to see the puck drop because the season's back. We finally got through that bubble, and now 2021 is going to bring us what? Yeah, my biggest um, inquiry, I guess my biggest uh, curiosity is going to be whether we see the same complete um, regression or elimination of home ice advantage as we've seen with home court advantage in the NBA. With the lack of fans or or very few fans, if they're allowed much of anywhere at this point, uh, in the NBA currently, road teams are eight games over five hundred which is unheard of. I mean, if that holds, and obviously the season's very young, there's still lots of basketball left to be played. But that's, I mean, that's never happened in the history of the NBA, right? There is such a thing as home court advantage. Home ice advantage, I I would argue, until you get to the playoffs is even more important, especially in the regular season. I will be curious to see, since we're playing very regionally in divisions, right? There's a North division in Canada. There's an East division, a Central and a West. And, you know, those teams are basically just going to play each other until the playoffs launch. Um, and then there's going to be some playoff seating from there. So you won't see teams from other divisions until potentially the conference finals. Um, how much does that matter? You know, playing playing the same teams over and over again. Where's the advantage? Where's the disadvantage? And how is it lost? That's going to be the biggest thing I'm going to be watching for. Um, there are obviously some transactional things I'm curious about, like, the Jets have been rumored to trade Patrick Line for like a year and a half, which is insane to me because he's a 23-year-old winger who has like 130-mile-an-hour slap shot. I just don't know why you trade that player. Um, that stuff, I don't even know how that's even possible with, with you know the rules in and out of Canada, uh, boundaries and things like that. But the number one thing I'm going to be watching for is just seeing um, you know, how much that ice advantage is negated you know, how much it matters, if it doesn't matter at all. Uh, I'll be very curious to see, especially in traditional, um, very loud hockey markets, right? Especially here in the South, like Nashville, like Carolina, like Columbus, who have really great fan bases. What does that mean to the teams that there's going to be nobody in the building? Justin, what about you? What What are you excited about? Well, first, uh, to Sean's point, um, I, and I'm really curious about this because we, we saw this in Major League Baseball where, you know, you, you, we got out of the East and that, that, that's all that, uh, the, you know, the fans of the Braves, it's primarily what I watched. And then you saw some of these central teams just struggle when they, when they started going up because we didn't get those conferences. And the main one I want to watch is Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay gets lugged into the central uh, which, however, is probably good for them, uh, aside from Dallas, uh, some of the other big key players, but uh, they're not going to be going against those stacked lineups that uh, they're, they're normally dealing with. So uh, that, that one's going to be very interesting, and that kind of 
goes into mind that with the addition of Tampa Bay into the Central and you still got Dallas uh, top of their game right now, what does John Himes do with this lineup? Can there haven't been a lot of coaches in, in Nashville history. There have been three. He is the third, and he was replaced, uh, Peter Laviolette, last year uh, after a disbel and embarrassing Winter Classic down there in Dallas. But uh, can we get back? Can he play with this roster? Paul didn't make any big moves, that uh, any blockbuster trades, anything to really revamp this offense. So is Hines the guy that can be all Barry Trotz about it and get the absolute most? out of this lineup. Yeah, you might not win every night, but at least you know that that performance and those those players on the ice, you, you got everything out of them. We didn't see that with Lobby a lot. Uh, you, you saw a lot of, I mean, let's face it, we saw some wasted talent. I had some big names roll through, and we didn't get top production out of them. What do you, can Hines get that out of that this roster, and does that put David in a stance to uh, make a trade and bring in? Because he hasn't been good with in-season acquisitions. So, uh, it's going to be really curious to see what Hans can do with this roster. The irony, um, the irony, just to piggyback off what Justin just said, is that Hines was cut loose by the original captain of the Nashville Predators, one Tom Fitzgerald, who's Fitzgerald. now the general yeah. manager of the New Jersey Devils. Um, and, and allegedly, by all reports, was just more of a personality conflict than anything else. Hines wanted to play more veteran players, and New Jersey's playing for the long haul. Um, with Jack Hughes and, and Nico Heashier and, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood in the goal, and they have a lot of young guys, and Hines was kind of wanting um, to win right away, and Fitzgerald was like, look, we're not going to win. Um, so, I, yeah, I'll be curious with Hinesy too, because they've, they've got some pieces. Uh, you know, the cabinet is not empty of groceries. What he does with them will be interesting to me in that division. And, yeah. And the goaltending's still there, and this might be the last run you have with that. So it's going to be crucial this year to uh, get every ounce of production you can out of that roster. All right, let's go ahead and start, start the uh, fast break. By the way, next next Wednesday we will do the predictions for the, for, for the NHL on, on what is opening day next Wednesday. All right. Uh, Rubbing my hands. Can't wait. <laughs> Fast break. He starts a fast break with plenty of room in front of him. Here they go again. It's showtime. All right. So, uh, going to go ahead and hit the fast break here. And what basically what we're doing here is we're, we're hitting a couple of topics. But the one today that I wanted to jump on first, because I don't know how much time we'll have for it, is I was curious y'all's list of the top five players in the National Football League that – for lack of a better term, it's must see TV for you. That you're that you get excited when you know these guys are going to be on. That if it's a highlight, whatever, you stop what you're doing, and this is the guy that you're like, man, I've got to see what, what this guy's up to today. I don't want to miss this game. May not be on your team, but you're like, man, I've got to see you know player X because I I may not get to see him very often. He's he's going to be on Thursday night football tonight. That kind of thing. So I, I I guess we'll just kind of go round and round. Justin, who who is your number five guy? Um, number five guy is Alvin Kamara. Uh, didn't get to see him a lot in college. Thank you, Butch Jones. <laughs> Dude's a stud. Uh, I, I like to like to watch him play now that uh, he he made it to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Alvin Good Kamara. Job, Butch. <laughs> I like it. Sean, who is your number five? 
My number five, uh, Justin will enjoy this. Um, I, I almost had him ranked higher, but I'm such an offensive and defensive line nerd, I couldn't do it. Uh, my number five is Derrick Henry. Um, I just remember, I just remember when he came out of Alabama, everybody questioning whether he would be able to hold up and, and thinking he was more. I, I swear, somebody said they thought he'd be better off playing fullback than running back coming out of the draft. I don't remember who said it, but I swear I heard someone say it that they didn't think he had that top line speed. And you watch the way he runs with those shoulders up. He gets stronger as the game goes on. Uh, you couldn't pay me. I, I don't know how much money you'd have to give me to try and stand in front of him and tackle him because dude's just – I've been within a few feet of him, uh, and dude is just massive. I mean, just massive. He's just great to watch, um, and obviously we get to see a lot of him here. I'm sure he's going to be a little higher up on our list, but, yeah, he's – I mean, he's a – he's afraid it's, – it's like trying to watch someone – bring down the incredible hulk or the thing or something it's like it's like these, these are mere mortals trying to bring home you know, to take down a superhero i hope he has a really long big career. dudes aren't supposed to move like that right. i mean it's just not supposed to happen that's what they say every time i hit the dance floor uh <laughs> <laughs> that's a true statement that's... uh my 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 number five guy i, I started off with the running back I almost put Dalvin Cook in there, but I'm going to be honest with you. My number five guy is David Montgomery. I just like the way this guy plays. He carries that Bears team. I'll be locked in on, on the game on Sunday because of him. I know what to expect from New Orleans. And look, I wish Alvin Kamara got more touches. He is the most exciting player in the Saints. I didn't even think about him when I was making this list, I guess because – I always feel like that he doesn't get enough touches, to be honest with you. I think that six touchdown thing could happen a lot hell of a lot more often, to be honest with you, because he's the one dude that he especially on the on that turf, he makes one cut and he's gone. But I like game over. I like the I like the lunch pail mentality of David Montgomery. Those are the kind of running backs I've always been drawn to. You know, if if he was allowed to play more than just four games or health. He was allowed to play more than just three and a half quarters of uh, last Sunday's game. Jalen Hurts might be on my list. Thank you, Doug Peterson. But uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts quickly was becoming one of my favorite players, but I, I can't put him there because he didn't. there's just not big enough uh, sample. We might get into next year, and you know he's going to skyrocket in fantasy drafts, but we might get into next year, middle of October, and people are going, what the hell was I thinking? He's like playing third string at that point. You just never know with these <laughs> young quarterbacks. So I, I'm going to stick with David Montgomery. Sean, who, who's your number uh, four guy on your list? Uh, my number four is a, as an offensive and defensive line tape nerd, um, if I didn't have a real job, that, that would probably be what I did for a living, is Miles Garrett. Um, I, I know he's a divisive figure for some when you say his name because of the, the incident. Um, but when you actually watch his tape, um, his hands are incredible. There's only one defensive lineman I like watching more than him. He's going to come up on my list later. Miles um, Garrett's incredible. I mean, he makes very, very good offensive tackles. Um, look like they're playing Pop Warner. He has such active hands, such incredible speed, can beat you with speed or power. He's like the next evolution of Von Miller, right? And and I can't wait for Von Miller to come back next year. It's a shame um, that he's missed this whole season with his Achilles. Um, but Miles Garrett's my number four. Just a real treat at the edge rush position. Justin, what say you? 
My number four, thank you, Bill O'Brien, uh, is going to be DeAndre Hopkins, and it's a lot more palatable watching him out west <laughs> now that he's not in the AFC South. But uh, in my book, number one wide receiver in the NFL, and I have to watch him. My number four guy, I am, well, <clears throat> when when he's playing, when he's healthy, you, know, you always have to put that asterisk on certain players, Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa to me for the Chargers, uh, even his brother for the Niners. I just I love watching the Bosa brothers, but I was really getting into Joey Bosa. Um, I want to see more of it. Hopefully they play. Hopefully they start playing more games on national TV. But to do that, you got to get more W's. So yep. ho hopefully that becomes the case because to me Joey Bosa is one of the most phenomenal players in the NFL. Justin, what say you? I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Sean. What say you on your number three guy? Yeah, my number three is the only quarterback on my list, um, which is Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen is is incredible to me. Um, it, it might be crazy to some people to put him on my list over Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes. I just think where he started and where he is now, how far he's progressed um, in his couple of years in the league, going from a guy that just had a cannon arm and and really didn't have a lot of the wallpaper in the house um, to put the whole thing together and see where he is now. He's just in total control of that offense. I mean, the way he completely demolished. But uh, Stephon Diggs is glad that he went to Buffalo. Woo, boy, we could have a long conversation about that. But the way he demolished Miami's defenses past week, who, who was trying to win the game um, and, and just toyed with them almost. It was, it was almost cruel at times, the way he would check out of certain coverages. When he would see zero blitzes, he'd find the man-on-man and, and just completely obliterate uh, very good secondary players in Miami's defense. Josh Allen's my favorite quarterback to watch right now. Justin, what say you? I, too, will take uh, quarterback at number three, but mine is going to be Russell Wilson. Uh, I've enjoyed watching him all the way back to the NC State days. Uh, it just I, I can't believe some of the things he does and uh, some of the teams he's been a part of, and that dude just finds a way to win. Uh, he's exciting, and uh, I wish we got to see a lot more games of his. Uh, a lot of folks don't get to see as many as they uh, probably should when being out west. I my my number three is going to be Kyler Murray. Uh, I mean, you know, I've talked about this before, but he's just, he, he's fun to watch. I hate that he plays out in Arizona, excuse me, because we don't get as many games as we should here in, in a Jacksonville with him. And of course, sometimes the, you know, the kickoffs and whatnot, they, they intervene with the, the quote unquote game of the week. So you don't get to watch him, but anytime if I'm watching red zone, whatever he pops up, I kind of stop what I'm doing. He, he's, he's that exciting. Hate to see that he fought those injuries down the stretch because I would have loved to have seen – I think I talked about this on Monday, but I would have loved to have seen – even though I picked the Bears to make the playoffs preseason, screw looking smart, I would have loved to see the <laughs> Arizona Cardinals, but specifically Kyle Murray going up against Alvin Kamara and company on that turf on Sunday. That would have been fun. And now we get – Mitch Trubisky and yeah, MVP well, Mitch. Yeah, baby. Let's go. Let's roll. Uh, you know, number two pick overall from North Carolina. They've already forgotten about him. They're like, Mitch, you know, this is Sam Howell kids for real. 
Y'all really drafted him number two? <laughs> they sure did. Uh, yeah. uh, but, yeah, I, Kyler Murray, I hope he stays healthy because he's a lot of fun to watch. You know, that's that's the only quarterback I put on my list. I, would, I, I used to would have had Russell Wilson up there, but I feel like I've kind of worn that out. Russell Wilson is still one of my favorites, but I, I went with Kyler Murray. Sean, who's, who's your uh, number two? My number two is uh, not to not to argue with Justin or dispute, but uh, I probably see a lot more of this guy than I do of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, the best wide receiver, I think, in the NFL, just physically, is Devontae Adams. Um, obviously, he's been torturing me for years. And how much of his brilliance is attributed to the fact that he's playing with one of the three greatest quarterbacks of my lifetime is, is probably significant. Uh, I can't denounce it. Uh, but at the same time, to, to watch some of the things he does to defensive backs where he just gives cut moves and little shoulder so with shakes. That statement, that just... So with that statement, you were born around 2000, correct? No. <laughs> you said one of the three greatest quarterbacks in your lifetime? I'm pretty sure you're about, our, about my age, buddy. <laughs> were you not there I said for... he is one of the – he you... is one of – Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, he's not one in my three top best three. Quarterbacks. He's not in my top three. Uh, he's – He's, he's on my close. top five. By by the time it's over, the records are it's probably going to be him, Manning, the and Brady. Rule, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. Rule, but the rules have been changed so much; it's ridiculous. But that will be a fun debate. It, That'll be a fun debate down the road. But anyways, go go ahead with yours. Yeah, just just you know, I I've watched him terrorize Lions DBs for a few years now, and the physical gifts are there, but the mental gifts are even better. And the stuff he does to even very good people in the secondary. I mean, if we end up getting an NFC title game of, and we'll get to this later in my picks, if we end up getting the Rams and Green Bay at any point, just to see Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams, <sighs> man, I'm going to have a bucket of popcorn. Yes. Give me, shut the front door. That will be worth Since they're going to put have these games on Nickelodeon and everything, can we have one <laughs> specific stream on that matchup? I don't care what you put it on. You know, can you put it on the own network or something like that? Can Jalen can Jalen Ramsey get it on that? Because I own you, baby. Let's put it on the own network. <laughs> I want. I would. But that's my number two. Devontae's my number two. I would love to see Ramsey versus Adams. Just a stream. You you know they've done it in the past with ESPN, mm -hmm. where you got different channels in that one channel, or or, or or like the Golf Channel, where where on like the Masters they say you're following, following one golfer. Yeah. yeah, I just want to follow those two around the field and just watch them. You know, because their tongues are going to be hanging out before it's all said and done. Justin, who, who's your number two? I'm going to go with if my Titans don't make it, who I hope uh, will be in the Super Bowl, and that's uh, Patrick Mahomes because I want to see uh, Mahomes Wilson. Uh, I think that'd be one heck of a Super Bowl. But uh, I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes. I'm a Russell Wilson fan. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is new life of that. And uh, a kid does things that uh, just shouldn't be humanly possible on a football field. He's just fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, I tune into every one of them. So just like uh, Sean talks about how he loves linemen, you know, offensive linemen or whatnot, uh, I'm, I've always been big on defensive linemen and linebackers. Because mainly that's what I played in organized football. I mean, I, I played quarterback and receiver in the backyard, but I'm talking about in organized football. I, I was there on the line, I, and I know Jessup played offensive line. I wasn't smart enough to play offensive line. I, I was told to play defensive line, you know, just <laughs> use your head as a battering ram and try to jar that ball loose, McGee. That's, that's pretty much what you're here for. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, 
so my number two is a rookie. He's phenomenal. I can't wait to watch him Saturday night. Chase Young. Chase Young. Uh, <clears throat> no disrespect to you, Sean. You know, with Ohio State guy. No, but Chase Heck, Young. I love watching him. I don't now care. I will say this: he might have stepped in his mess kit because <laughs> did you see his quote? He's coming off the field. I just saw it yesterday where he was. You could hear him say, "I want Brady. I want Tom Brady. Be careful what you wish for, baby boy. That's be all I can say. Careful what you wish for, That's buddy. That's all I can say is be careful what you wish for. I was close to maybe thinking Washington could pull that upset. Now that I see that man, it's gonna be it's gonna be like one of the Michael Jordan type memes where it's like Brady took that. Yep. He's gonna take that personal. The Chase Young's my number two. Who's your number one? Yeah, my number one, uh, in keeping with my theme, is the most dominant defensive player, I think, in the league. I really wanted to put Jalen on this list, so I kind of snuck him in there. Yeah, you wish. Um, uh, I, I really wanted to put Jalen Ramsey on this list, so I stuck him in the Devontae conversation, but it's Aaron Donald. Uh, I mean, Aaron Donald is is insane, and if you watch as much defensive line tape as I do, you can go find this online if you go look for it. It won't take you long to find it. There's a play this past weekend against Arizona where a guard pulled to try and double team him with the center because um, he was in the a gap between the center and the guard. And he just grabbed one of the guys and picked his leg up and drove him into the backfield and tackled Kenyon Drake. Anyways, Curious. he's insane. He's insane. Who, who is your favorite defensive lineman of all time off the top of your head? Probably Reggie white. Um, before Reggie, I mean, Reggie created the modern moves, um, especially the chop block and the and that um, uppercut block. Like it, it's hard for me between Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor. It's like you're talking about the guy who. Well, I'm talking about an actual changed. defensive lineman. LT was outside linebacker. He played in the. He 3-4. was, but he he did. He played in the three four. But before LT, guys that size didn't play defense. They usually put him at wide receiver. For me, it's Reggie White though. Reggie White was was one of a kind. I don't think I'll ever see anybody like that. Donald's, you know, close in the way he toys with people, but the game's changed so much. Um, it would be Reggie. Reggie's up there for me. I think the best I ever saw was Bruce Smith, though. This is coming for someone who's not a Buffalo Bill fan in the 90s, but uh, Bruce Smith was a bad man. And, he was uh, a bad, bad man. I And he always a class act, too, as, as was Reggie. Uh, Justin, who is your uh, number one? Well, I got a feeling uh, our list is probably similar, but uh, this is where the king walks in and uh, Mr. Derrick Henry himself. NFL MVP, by the way. <laughs> should be. I don't He's disagree with you. He fans. should be. He should be. I absolutely agree with that one. Um, just like the Heisman has become a quarterback's trophy, it was nice to see it not be yesterday. Yes, it was. Uh, the NFL MVP has become nothing but a quarterback trophy. And I kept hearing so many people say, oh, you got to give it to Aaron Rodgers because of this and that. And it's like no one's talking about the fact that Derrick Henry is doing things that people have not done since the late 1960s. Okay? He's one of eight He's guys. He's doing things they haven't done forever. No, no. He's the only guy that didn't have one single all-pro offensive lineman in their 2,000 rushing yards. I did not Every one of the starters also missed a game this season. So, I mean, he's done it with a uh, mismatched uh, band of misfits. And, uh, yeah, kudos to that offensive line. But, yeah, no all pros on that offensive line. I think I – think lost, they- his, lost his best offensive lineman in, what, week one or week two? When did Luongo out? 
because Taylor's their best offensive. It was player, it was player. early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was early. I don't remember the week, but they they played a lot more games without him than they had him. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think they're wasting their time drafting offensive linemen. <laughs> He just plows. <laughs> Draft defense. Don't worry about Derek Henry's. I got this. Don't worry about that. Give me a couple. To the, of- to the credit of to the credit of John Robinson and Mike Rabel, they've identified that uh, offensive line was as the season has gone on. Right as guys have gotten hurt, as they lost the lawn, they've they've started to build kind of the same thing the Colts have, where they'll just run two tight end packages, right, and leave tight ends into blocks. So you'll see Ferks are out there. He'll be blocking a lot. Um, and they've got receivers that are, you know, AJ Brown's practically an offensive tackle. <laughs> he just happens to run and catch too. So um, credit to Vrabel and to John Robinson and to Arthur Smith because you know the game plan has changed as the linemen have gotten hurt, and they've still continued to run the ball successfully, which is incredible given Sean, how they've lost. Sean, real quick before Justin uh, has to jump off here, if your favorite Super Bowl matchup that you could get this year. Not who you think's going to be, but if you're like, man, that that would be fun. Yeah, it'll come up later. Uh, Green Bay Buffalo would okay. be my favorite one, okay. just because that would be that would be awesome. Um, Allen versus yeah, I think everybody Rogers. wants. Yeah, I think everybody yeah. wants to see Green Bay in Kansas City, but somebody always upsets the apple cart every year, so I don't think we'll actually get that. And Justin, yours would be Russell versus Mahomes. Uh, well, that, that's what I would like to see if the Titans can't make it. But if I'm just going by absolute, I want to see, yeah. I want a rematch of Titans Green Bay in warm weather. Fair enough. I think I think if I was if we if we take the Titans out of the equation, I think what I would then like I definitely Seahawks. Yeah, I think I would love to see of all of the matchups that, that you can kind of swirl around in your head. Mahomes, nothing against him, but they were in it last year. I, I'd like to see something different. I'm kind of leaning towards uh, the uh, the Buffalo, but if if I could just pick and say, man, I would love to see this team versus that team. I think in the NFC, I would go with the Saints because I would like to see Drew Brees one last time. And in the AFC, if if we're gonna have a good game with that, I hate to say it because they're they're going up against them this weekend, but I think Saints Ravens would be a lot of fun because it would be a hard nose hitting game. You, you know, outside of that, Brady versus anybody would, would would be fun because you get to see. I I think Brady will be back in the Super Bowl, but I don't think this is the year. Justin, what is your walk-off? Dude, my kid was razzing me about Alabama winning everything uh, over the weekend, but uh, they really are, man. Nate Oates has got Alabama playing lights out like they're going to the Final Four. Uh, Take out Florida last night, so that's Tennessee, Florida back-to-back, and uh, won them both kind of handily. So uh, kudos to Nate Oates, and uh, knock it off, dude. (laughs) Well, they try to win everything, man. Well, I would like to welcome Alabama over to the side of knowing what it's like to be a basketball school now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. We'll, True. We'll see you tomorrow, and we'll uh, get your brackets in tomorrow. See you, ma'am. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, Sean O'Toole is going to give us his brackets. Can't wait to hear what he's got. So many different scenarios. If, you, if y'all, if y'all want to chime in, you can either give us a call The number's up on the YouTube live, or you can chime in on the YouTube comments. We'll be back here in a flash 
here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. The L.A. Dodgers have bolstered their bullpen, so to speak. Blake Trainin has signed a two-year deal to stay on with the L.A. Dodgers worth $17.5 million. The new deal will send Trainin back to the bullpen, was able to solidify their first World Series title since 1988. Good news out of Ram Country, Jared Goff was seen throwing in practice on Tuesday, though Sean McVay has yet to determine who will start the Rams' wildcard game against Seattle. Jared Goff missed last Sunday's game as the Rams struggled to score 18 points against the Arizona Cardinal defense. More good news out of Rams country. Cooper Cup is expected to return to practice off the COVID-19 protocol list this morning. And the Houston Texans have now officially hired former Patriots executive Nick Casario as their general manager. First reported by John McClain, the man they tried to hire in 2019 as their GM is now their GM in 2021. And in the ridiculous story of the day, the New York Times states that the UConn football team deserves the national championship for men's college football because they were the first team to opt out of the 2020 season. Left out of the article is that the UConn men's football team is an independent and their schedule fell apart and they did not have the clout of BYU and Notre Dame to build a non-conference schedule. And in a blowout win for Pace Academy men's basketball, Florida State signee Matthew Cleveland finished with 21 points, 10 boards, and 5 steals, continuing his monster senior high school campaign. He is looked upon as the top prospect for Leonard Hamilton in the 2021 class. In the 2020 Heisman Trophy Award goes to Alabama wide receiver Devontae Smith. The final Heisman vote looked like this. With Devontae Smith taking home the trophy, Trevor Lawrence comes in second from Clemson. Mac Jones was number three from Alabama. Kyle Trask came in fourth from Florida. And Najee Harris from Alabama brings in number five. That's three players from the same team in the top five. An unbelievable feat for the Crimson Tide who head to the national title game against Ohio State on Monday. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's wake-up show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. The Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show. The only name you need to remember in sports talk radio. Weekday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. On Facebook Live, CBS Sports Radio, and the Armchair Quarterback's app. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com, listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. Has anyone got a stapler? 
color, got a lot of forms, and there's a slight breeze in here. Long, because paperwork is dramatic. Catch it Thursdays on Weasel before it catches you. Your eyes hot water, your head satellite, Welcome back! Little ox on the roof for ya! Your hands are in concrete, on a chain. Those of y'all are not familiar with it, they are a Brooklyn, New York jam band. I may or may not be related to the, uh, the, uh, the main lead guitarist by, uh, by marriage, my brother-in-law's <laughs> band. Uh, one of our two house bands here on the Armchair Quarterbacks, them and uh, West Cook, the West Cook Band. If you haven't checked out the West Cook Band in the Nashville area, you really need to check them out. He's really, really good. It's usually playing down near a Broadway area. It, it kind of moves around, so you kind of have to go onto his – I think his Facebook page is, is the best way to find out where he's playing every night. But he uh, – they post where they're playing every night. If you've never seen the West Cook Band live in Nashville, it's, it is worth – the experience uh i can't wait to see i'm sure they'll be playing hopefully they'll be playing when we come to nashville assuming everything goes well sean we're planning on being there i don't remember if i told you or not uh labor day weekend of uh, 2021 and the in the hope is what we're going to do hopefully you'll be in town as well we're going to get the guys together one of those days and do a fantasy football draft old school and uh, do it in a room like it should be done. Probably still do it online. But I'm gonna try to have the have the picks as far apart as possible so we can actually enjoy the draft right and in the same room with everybody. I don't know if we want to put someone in charge of doing the old school board and everything because then then you had to deal with the next day with the with the skull ripper putting everyone's roster in. So, uh, but it should, it should be a lot of fun. We're, we're going to get a place somewhere in the downtown Nashville area. Group of us are, are going up there. And of course, we're going to take in other things in, in Nashville. But one of those evenings, afternoons, I'll keep you in the loop on that. It should, it should be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I'll be nearby. Not planning on going anywhere unless I unless I hit the lottery between now and then, in which case I'm moving to Florida. So, you know, I'll just drive up with you. I was, I was about to say, but, you know, <laughs> in that case, we'll just fly in on your on your jet. <laughs> right. Yeah, we can do it in my bonus room. We'll have it in the theater. <laughs> so the NFL bracketology, we've been doing this all week. Justin and I are going to reveal ours tomorrow. Because we kind of figured that by Friday, there's just not enough time to get in. And the Timus is going to drop his knowledge. I can't wait to hear his. He he infamously put the uh, – I wish Tony was going to be on the show uh, tomorrow now that I think about it. Because he infamously uh, – Tony's link to the show years ago was he was listening to our show but way back when it was a, uh, a podcast before it was on radio. And uh, I'd given him the link. I worked – in the same building as him, we got talking sports. And I just said, we do a show. And so he chimed in, he heard it. And I see him on Twitter commenting on Timus's picks for the Super Bowl. He said, and he just says, just listening to some random sports talk show. And one of the guys picks the Patriots versus the Broncos in the Super Bowl. <laughs> this is back when, when it was, uh, uh, Peyton Manning, and mm -hmm. Tom Brady 
And right. if, if that's not registering with everybody, the Patriots and Broncos can't face in the Super Bowl because they're both in the AFC. Okay. So, <laughs> so and I saw that. And of course, it, it's been a running joke for, I, I bet that's been seven years now. Everybody knows Timus when he comes onto the show. He's a huge fan of sports, but he's not necessarily a nuts and bolts guy. Yeah. Unless you're talking. AL East baseball, then he knows everything there is to know. But outside of that, he's more of a fans fan. It's kind of what the show is kind of based on. You don't have to be an expert for us to talk sports. We just have a lot of fun with it. But, uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be interested to see how, how he does this tomorrow, and I'm sure that we're going to get a lot of laughs. Uh, maybe not as many laughs as we got. Did you catch the beginning of the show, the whole uh, my my dog – I won't. I won't relive it. But did you catch any of it? No. You. You might. Want no. To, I was taking my kids to school, so I. I didn't catch it. You. You might want to listen to the re, the the, uh, the replay of that. It's the very beginning of the show. I told the whole story of how when I went through with my dog yesterday, as she uh, left some gifts for me as I was trying to jump back online. I'm working from home, going through the training of that. And anyways, I, I won't rehash that. But uh, people that missed it might want to catch the replay of that because. Uh, <laughs> Justin was uh, getting a good laugh at it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of pissed about the whole situation, but it is what it is. Got to love your dog. I don't know why, but you got to. Uh, the uh, So the NFL bracketology, we'll go ahead and get into yours. I already got Doug's. I, you know, I was looking for, Sean, Sean, I was looking for something to be able to set up for us to put our picks in. But I can't find one where that's a true bracket. The yeah, only, it's, the only thing, I, I looked on ESPN. I didn't see one either. The only thing I could find one on Yahoo was there's one that you do confidence picks or you do uh, round by round. But I wanted a true bracket, right? Right. I'm, I'm still going to look. So if I find one, I'll, I'll send it to all y'all so it'll make it a lot easier for us to keep up with this. But as of right now... I thought the NFL Network, I mean, excuse me, NFL.com used to do one. I couldn't find it there. I, I don't know why the hell. You would think, especially with it going to 14 teams, this would be a little mm -hmm. more popular in an office pool, right? You but would think so. Anyways, we'll go ahead and do yours. I think the best way to do this is to go uh, conference by conference, but round by round. So in other words, go AFC the okay. first round. NFC, the first round, and so on and so forth. So let's go ahead and start. As I put my old man glasses on, so I don't have to write this down. Uh, <laughs> hey, I've got some too. Wait a minute. No, they're not nearby. Sorry. <laughs> I need to get me some Harry Carey ones so you just lean into the whole thing. Oh, uh, that would that would be that would be too on the nose. <laughs> we can't do that. If I could only do the. Oh, if I could do the uh, the voice like uh, Will Ferrell does, I, I I'd be all over it. Yeah. I'm, Mine's pretty good, but not as good as Will Ferrell's. Yeah. That's about the only thing that he is good at, so there you go. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, okay, so first round, top of the bracket, we'll go with the first game on Saturday is Buffalo-Indianapolis. I'm assuming you're going with Buffalo, or are you picking <laughs> a big upset because, because your son's listening? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did these in concert with my 13 year old son. He really wants to take Indy. I really want to take Indy, but there there's no way I have done pretty well with gambling this year. We've done the gambling bit on the show and, and I've done okay for a novice right on like $5 bets and $10 bets. Like I started with 25 bucks and I'm at 75. 
I don't think I can bet on this game because I just don't trust it. Uh, I'm going with Buffalo. Um, I think the probability is much higher that they just completely boat race Indy. Um, the only way I can see Indy upset in the apple cart in this game is if they get a turnover early, get a lead early, right? Maybe it's like 14-3 in the first quarter and, you know, the the – you know, the, the hind cheeks are a little bit clenched on the Buffalo sideline because now they just feel like they got to just start winging the ball all over the place. And the one thing I'll say about Indianapolis, they, they don't get great pressure with the front four, but they play a very um, deliberate and a very balanced zone concept on the defensive end, which is, which is easy to beat. But if you're just doing seven step drops and chucking it right, you know, you can, you can, bounce into an interception somebody can tip the ball bad things can happen if you're just chucking it every down i I just can't see it i I really can't i think um you know indy's had a great season they really should have been a three seed and if they hadn't blown a few games they would be but buffalo's my pick my pick to come out of the afc i I think they're the most likely don't spoil uh, the whole damn thing well okay i'll get to it i'll get to it later all right all right Okay, so Buffalo over Indianapolis, and the next AFC game, I guess we would hit just in concert because of of seeding, Pittsburgh-Cleveland. Cleveland's got all these issues now. Do you see them upsetting the Steelers after playing them back-to-back weeks, and they barely won with with Mason Rudolph in the lineup? Yeah, as as much as I, I'm very happy for Browns fans, right? People might think I hate the whole state of Ohio. I do not hate the whole state of Ohio. I hate one city in Ohio who will, who shall remain nameless at its university. Um, I, I don't have anything against Cleveland, Cincinnati, or the you know surrounding area. Just the other C word that I won't say on the on the show. Um, I would love to pick Cleveland. I, I just don't see it. I mean, you only win by two points um, at home in a game you have to win against Pittsburgh's B squad, and and now you've got. Ben, you know, a, a couple weeks of rest for him. Um, Pittsburgh's going to be a lot more invested and motivated. It's in Pittsburgh. You know, I don't know if they're going to have fans. Um, I haven't heard I about that. I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't believe so. I think Pennsylvania is pretty bad off right now with the cases. So um, I just don't see a path. Although all these Cleveland. elections it, are over with now, so there's no damn telling. We might wake <laughs> up Saturday morning. They're like, <laughs> you're just, like, you're like, why, why are all these stadiums packed? <laughs> they're doing the wave. The, you know, here we go. Arm in oh, arm, boy. locking and kicking. You're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, oh boy. All right. I thought we'd get through a whole show without it, but we never, um, never. <laughs> I will um, die on that hill. Okay. Uh, I think Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's going to win pretty handily. Honestly, I, I feel horrible for Cleveland. They've had a great year. Um, not having Stefanski on the sideline. I just think Baker Mayfield's going to have to win this game, and he can't. So. So that means that Kansas City is going to face the winner of the Baltimore Titans game, if that's yes. the case. Because if you're going chalk on the two and the three, that means four, five, that winner goes and plays the one the following week. So obviously Kansas City is going to be there. Who are they going to face? So my son and I disagreed about this one. Um, I've, I, I'm actually putting money on the Titans, um, but I defer to him. Can you believe that they're, thinks, that they're home dogs? That That's crazy. I kind of can just because of, of how much they've struggled to close teams out the last couple of weeks. And Baltimore has been dominant against bad teams, right? Exactly. It's just it, it's it's so Vegas. I, I, I was watching Vegas ESPN Central, yes, man. I was watching ESPN yesterday, 
and th- and three of their talking heads were going on and on and on and on about how Baltimore's finally looking like Baltimore again. They're high at the right time. No, they played Cincinnati at the right time. They played the New York Giants at the right time. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Dallas Cowboys, that's four of their five games in their winning streak. And the game that they played against Cleveland, they needed a freaking miracle. They needed a... uh, they needed a, a, a Paul Pierce moment coming out of the locker room for, for, for them to come back and win that game. So I'm not discounting the fact that Baltimore won those five games in a row. They're NFL games. you got to win them. But to sit, I'll sit there and all of a sudden make, it, make them out to be the 1976 Pittsburgh Steelers is a, is a totally different thing. I mean, like you're talking about they played four of the teams that they played are going to be drafting in the first hour or so on, mm-hmm. in, in April. Yep. So true story. I, I here's what I would say. Since we were talking about lottery dreams earlier, one of my best ones would be, um, you know, just to just to get like uh, my own first take feed um, and and like strap you to a chair and peel your eyelids back, a Clockwork Orange style, and make you watch first take if it was Akeem Tlaib versus Dominique Foxworth. God, you'd love that so much. Um, <laughs> Anyways, I think the Titans are vastly underrated. As can I get Clay Travis everybody. to uh, to uh, referee it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Tennessee is going to win this game. I deferred to my son. He, he get that first look. Like, win this where game. the hell am I? What what what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I have he, would, he would he would look Manchurian candidate uh, for sure. Uh, so I'm going to take Baltimore. Um, I'm going to put money personally on the Titans because I, I think the Titans can not only cover, but I don't see any scenario where this game's a blowout. And I think Baltimore learned its lesson from last year. Um, they're going to have different packages. Tennessee had a very scripted game plan to pack the middle of the field, keep Lamar in the pocket, force him to throw out routes and outside the numbers, which is not his strength. Um, my big concern for Tennessee, and I'm sure you know Justin will discuss this tomorrow and we'll discuss it on Friday on the show as well, is just that their defense isn't good this year, as good this year as it was last year. It looks much worse. They can't get pressure with the front four. Um, so how does Rabel gadget it up, right? How does he I, confuse I Lamar? think what he's going to do, to be honest with you, this is one of the reasons why I have Tennessee advancing, is I think he's going to let his receiver, excuse me, his defensive back sit out on islands and say yeah. go man-to-man because they don't have that great of a receiving core. Not to, mention, really don't. not to mention, it's the simple fact is no matter how good those receivers could or can't be, their quarterback is not very accurate. He's nope. still a running back with a strong arm. He is <laughs> not a quarterback with great legs like the people try to sell you. So I think that's what's going to happen there, and we've seen it two games in a row where – Tennessee wears them down, wears them down. I don't think it's going to be as close as people think. I think Tennessee is going to find a way to wear them down as opposed to vice versa. But do I think Tennessee can go deep into the playoffs? No, because they're going to face, in all likelihood, Patrick Mahomes in the second round. And that secondary is going to get exhausted because their front line cannot get any – they can't do anything. They they can't get a pass rush. Nope. But that's not nope. really a concern when you play Baltimore. When you play Baltimore, their best thing that could happen to Tennessee is somehow, right before the game, two or three days before the game, and I'm only saying this in 
uh, asymptomatic situation that Patrick Mahomes comes down with COVID. That's the only way that because right. if anyone else is playing quarterback for the Chiefs, they've got a fighting chance. But Mahomes is just ridiculous, and they're going to have Mahomes like sleeping in a coffin and bubble wrap. They're not going to let him. <laughs> you're not. No, no one's going to get within you know two miles of him. DoorDash is going to have to send like some kind of a robot car to to send him food because. Everything, every meal he eats for the next month is going to be ice cold. I can guarantee it. <laughs> it's going to be, be sprayed with sanitizer. Yeah, sanitizer. He's going to he's going to be eating cereal bars and you know shredded wheat and really really cold oatmeal because by the time they got it to the room and got it you know disinfected, it, it had been six hours. It's it's going to be crazy. Uh, he 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 might as well go on a hunger strike because he'd be better off. Um, okay, so you got Baltimore, KC, Pittsburgh, Buffalo in the NFC. Where are we going in the first round? Okay, so the first matchup is obviously Chicago and New Orleans. Um, <laughs> I would love to needle Bears fans and say Chicago, but I'm not going to do it. There's no way. Uh, this is this is the one that I'm most certain of, which, which you know, in keeping with my betting traditions, uh, I was most certain of Clemson routing Ohio State, and that broke my three-team parlay last weekend. So, for all I know, Chicago is going to win thirty-eight to ten. But I just don't see a way not that this is happening. I'm taking not with Trubisky. I'm taking New Orleans um, in a walk. Um, Chicago's defense has kind of been very, very average this yes. year, and I don't think that's been talked about enough. Yeah, they're 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 like fifteenth or sixteenth in DVOA. Khalil Mack looks like, I mean, he looks a step slow. I don't know if he's hurt. Roquan Smith is a year older. They're not getting pressure with the front four. Those DBs are, are not as good as, as people believe they are. They, they really are not the defense that the Chicago Bears name would have you believe they are. Um, and they're, I mean, they're going to give up 35 in this game. I, I'll, put, I'll put my life on it. Um, and well, not really, because I need to do the show next week. But <laughs> And anything's possible in the NFL playoffs. But I don't see a scenario where this isn't like 35 to 13, 38 to 20. You know, I think it'll be over. I early. could see a lower scoring game, but not a closer game. So in other words, I could see 24, yeah, nine. No. I could see 24, nine, yeah. right? Uh, the only chance that I would give them is if before kickoff, they get their head out of their ass and go, let's, let's put playoff Nick in dude and see what he can do. <laughs> you know, cause we're not going to win with Trubisky. He's played fine down the stretch but let's just give it a roll here. And we won just enough games where we can't get a good quarterback in the draft, so here we go. <laughs> uh, the next game on the docket, I guess let's go Rams-Seahawks. Okay, Rams-Seahawks. Uh, this is the one game where I'm uh, taking the, the significant dog. I'm taking the Rams to go into Seattle and get the win. Um, I don't think it matters if it's Goff or, or John Wolford, CPA and Associates. I don't think it matters who's quarterback because that defense is just, I mean, when you have, when you have two of the three best defensive players in the entire national football league on your defense, one's playing defensive back and one's on the defensive line. It, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what else you have. It, it really doesn't. I just think Seattle is going to have a really hard time moving the ball. Um, you can completely subtract DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, which means Russell's going to have to win this game with his legs and his brain, and he's going to have to win it with David Moore 
and whoever's playing tight end for him now, I think it's Hollister still. Um, I don't know if Greg Olson's um, still upright or is going to be available for this one. You can't count on Chris Carson. He hasn't looked healthy since he got gator rolled by, you know, the Cowboys, you know, lineman way back when. So I, I just don't trust Seattle to be able to put points on the board, even though their defense has been better. Um, it's been a lot shot. better. It, it's been a lot better. Just like Chicago has been is, surprisingly mediocre, Seattle surprisingly has has vaulted up. Yeah, Seattle's gotten better as the year's gone along. This this game reeks of like 15 to 9, 18 to 12, a right. field goal battle, something like that. I just think the Rams are are just that much better. Um and they've they've certainly thrown us off the scent with some real stinkers this year, including the Jets game. You know, but Sean, a month, month and a half ago, I thought I would be making my break bracket out and telling you the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. Now they were our number four. Now, now I'm not five. even they sure if they're going to get out of the first round. It's like what the hell? No, I'm, like what the I'm hell happened? This week. No, I no, I get it. I I, I think it's a. I think I, I think you definitely take the Rams and the points. I think it's going to be extremely low scoring game. Of course, this is we'll finally get the shootout, but uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and it's going to be key to basically who – I think it's going to be one of those old-school games of who does not turn the ball over, right? Right. And I think you got to give the two head coaches pretty much even Steven. I, I wouldn't say that McVeigh is a lesser coach than Pete Carroll. I think they're right on – they have different styles and they win. So I don't think the coaching is going to be the issue. It's going to be on field play. And I've got a funny feeling that if I do pick the Rams to win tomorrow, I think it's going to be because I get more of a sense that a Jalen Ramsey or an Aaron Donald is going to make a dynamic play that changes the game. Most likely a turnover. Okay. So, th so the next game on the docket would be, uh, the two, no, sorry. The four seed Washington football team hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who you got? I've got Tampa Bay. Um, I'm not listening to any of the Washington stuff and, uh, boy, is there, is there a lot of yakety yak back and forth? I mean, you said you have the chase young thing, uh, to piggyback off that. Thomas Davis, who's either a linebacker. Uh, I don't know if he's a starting linebacker, but he's been around the league, right? He played at yeah. Auburn. He was on the Carolina Panthers team that went to the Super Bowl. He was quoted like <laughs> later on that evening, um, and it didn't get as much traction where he was like, man, come on, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> he's like, I've been around a long time. Don't do it. You don't want that smoke. Um, and Bruce Arians, you saw uh, yesterday, was you know kind of puffing up the Washington football team a little bit saying, you know, they weren't seven and nine with Alex Smith. We're not playing Dwayne Haskins, which is a good quote and very legitimate. They were five and one with Alex Smith as a starter. Um, so he's not taking them lightly, but I, I just don't know how, I, I think people are forgetting that Tampa Bay's defense, while it's been inconsistent when it's been really good, it's completely torched people. Uh, I, I feel like it was six months ago, but it really wasn't. It was about week nine or 10 when Tampa Bay just absolutely destroyed green Bay on that field in Raymond James Stadium. I mean, completely roasted them. And, you know, Green Bay is going to come up again in this conversation because they're a very, very good football team. Tampa Bay can do that to you. And they can do it with four down linemen. They have a very, very good pass rush up front. They've got JPP. They've got Sue. They've got Vets. Um, I just think it's it's too much too soon for this Washington team who has brighter days ahead. they still got to find a quarterback long term. Um, 
you could you could talk me into a scenario where they're up early. You know, Chase Young gets into the backfield, knocks the ball out of Brady's hands, they're up seven to three. But I just don't think they're going to be able to keep Tampa Bay out of the end zone in the long run. Um, so I, I've got Tampa Bay by at least ten points. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to head to the next rounds and get you to the Super Bowl: New Orleans versus uh, Tampa. Rams versus Green Bay is how Sean's got it. And then Baltimore, KC, Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. We'll, we will reveal Sean's Super Bowl champion on the other side of the break. Keep it locked in here to the armchair quarterbacks. We will be back in a flash. Sometimes we're funny. Sometimes we suck. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time, prime time. Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. Someday we'll go all the way. Yeah, someday we'll go all the way. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I go to mybookie.ag. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Look, I wouldn't be telling you to bet mybookie.ag if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie.ag. Promo code SKIN, that's S-K-I-N. When you use that promo code, mybookie will match 100% of your deposit up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SKIN. ACC football covered like no other here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Out of the shotgun, third down and about 10. Ward getting some pressure, getting more, gets it away. He's got fire wide open. Touchdown, Florida State. That's what Ward will do to you. Georgia Tech 45, Nebraska 21. It's now up to the voters. They look like the number one, don't they? All right, six seconds to go. Mahler throws it up for grabs. There's five defenders back there, and Hitt knocks it down. The game runs out, and Clemson wins the national championship of college football. This is for the national championship for Nebraska. And for Miami, an absolutely miracle year. The dream season as they come back from a bad loss opening day to go to 11 straight wins in an all probability when the votes are in. A first ever national championship for the Hurricane. It's super califragilistic, expialidocious, even though the... You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. We're here weekdays, drive time, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Are you looking for the perfect gift for any sports fan or just looking to add some stuff to your own man cave? Then head on in to MVP Collectibles at the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. They carry Seminoles, Gators, Bulldogs, Canes, Longhorns, Bama, Buckeyes, Wolverines, Vols, you name it. They have Patriots, Jaguars, Titans, Dolphins, Browns, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, whoever you're looking for. Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals, Braves, whoever you like. The best selection you'll ever find for the sports fan that thinks they have it all. That's MVP Collectibles in the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. Suite 245, right across from the food court in the St. Augustine Outlets Mall. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6. Get your man cave popping today at MVP Collectibles. Anything has the potential to become a DUI checkpoint if you crash your car into it. 
Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Rolling along here on a Wednesday morning here with Sean O'Toole and get the first round of, or yeah, the first round of his playoff bracket looks like this. He'll have Buffalo playing Pittsburgh and Baltimore playing Kansas City in the AFC semifinals. In the NFC, it'll be the Saints hosting the Bucks in an NFC, uh, excuse me, South showdown. And the Packers will host the Rams. And, ooh, won't that be cold for those L.A. boys if that happens? <laughs> oh, Nelly! Oh, Nelly! Uh, <laughs> that may motivate the Rams not to play now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> are you nuts? I'm not going out there. <laughs> and, and I got to run around and follow Devontae Adams around. Jalen Rams is going to be it. I'm good. I'm good, bro. I'm good. <laughs> He's gonna go. He's gonna go full Ian Snell. I'm not. I'm cold up here. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I gots to get mine. Uh, so we go to the next round. We're gonna speed this up a little bit because I do want to get your MLB Hall of Fame ballot and show show you mine from yesterday. Get your take on it. Um, who who do you have winning the Buffalo Pittsburgh game? Buffalo, Pittsburgh, I have Buffalo coming out. Um, we just saw this a handful of weeks ago. It's going to be in Buffalo. Um, Pittsburgh stayed with them for about a quarter and a half, and then um, it, it was over. <laughs> Once they made some adjustments to the offensive line um, and kept, you know, TJ Watt out of the backfield, uh, that was that was ball game. And without Bud Dupree, I, I just don't see them getting to Josh Allen. The the one caveat to that, remember that was the third game in ten days. So I think yeah, I, mean, I think Pittsburgh, for Pittsburgh, but yeah. Pittsburgh just hasn't looked good. And nope, they sure haven't. Uh, take, taking yet last week's game aside, I, I was actually impressive to me that they almost beat Cleveland in Cleveland without Ben Roethlisberger. But yep. all in all, Pittsburgh, other than that half against Indy, they've looked terrible. The, the yeah. second half against Indy, they looked like the team that midseason, we were like, this team could be heading to the Super Bowl one more time for Ben Roethlisberger. And then it just, I just think that lack of running game is going to hurt them in the long run. Um, and Buffalo doesn't have the greatest running game, but they've got the threat of Josh Allen taking off and running. So it kind of evens itself out. Baltimore, KC, you're smelling an upset? Yeah, not so much. Um, I, I just think that's a game that, um, Baltimore would have to win with turnovers and, and Lamar would just have to run for like 350 yards. I, you know, Casey's a buzzsaw there. There's only one team really that I think can beat them, uh, this playoff season. And it isn't Baltimore. So I, I would have KC probably pretty comfortably in that game by at least 10 or more. New Orleans versus Tampa. Who you got? New Orleans versus Tampa. I'm begrudgingly taking new Orleans. Um, I would really like to take Tampa. Um, I, I still think they could find themselves in the NFC championship game. Um, but with it being in new Orleans and with Tom just having two really, really bad showings against them this year, maybe they get off the schneid the third time. Um, but something about something about the way new Orleans dials up pressure against him um, this season, he just hasn't looked comfortable. Uh, they've not been able to keep Cameron Jordan out of the pocket when they played him. So I, I would go to new Orleans. And Green Bay versus the Rams. Well, I hope we get this game just because of everything we've said today. I mean, to get Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams would be great. Um, but Green Bay has so many other ways to beat you. You know, if you if you double or bracket Adams, um, there. You know, we saw Chicago try that this week. Oh, look, 
you know, 83 MVS is on a linebacker touchdown. You know, I mean, Rogers is just so smart. He's so in control of that offense. Um, and even though he's not the favorite name to say around Nashville, um, cause he was really kind of here and gone. Uh, LaFleur's LaFleur's 26 and six in two seasons as a head coach. Like the results are the results. I don't care that he has a great quarterback. You know, I, I don't care about all that stuff. You still have to dial up plays. You have to have a game plan and execute it. It's 26 and six as a head coach and, and McVay's come up pretty small in some big games, notably the Super Bowl. I don't think that's going to happen this weekend, but you put him in green Bay, um, against Mike Pettin's defense. I just don't like his odds. Give me green Bay. So KC versus Buffalo who wins? I got Buffalo. Um, I, I think Buffalo is going to be the team that upsets the apple cart. Um, I, you know, a lot of people I see are picking chalk when I'm seeing their predictions for, you know, where it's going to go. It's like green Bay, Kansas city. I just, I just don't think anything's that simple. <laughs> and, and, you know, that never works out for the most part, even in, you know, March madness brackets, uh, chalk doesn't win the majority of the time. Uh, I got Buffalo beating KC and what I think should be an absolute classic. How does Buffalo beat KC? I think the method by which they beat them is to force some turnovers um, to get in Mahomes. You know, the, the blueprints out there, the, the Raiders did it um, in the game earlier this year. Uh, they've certainly had some questionable um, outcomes, in, including, you know, a Carolina game that, you know, went down to the final minutes. They had a lot of games in the last six weeks that went down to the final five minutes. I think that's how Buffalo would win is just to pressure Mahomes with four down linemen, get in his face, uh, force him to make those tight throws, which he's going to hit more often than not because he's Patrick Mahomes. Um, but contain him in the pocket. Don't let him run and make plays with his legs or break contain and let his receivers just start running free. And they've definitely, you know, with um, Micah Hyde, Tremaine Edmonds, they've got very good cornerbacks that can certainly help on Hill and Watkins. And then on the other side of the ball, can Kansas City really cover digs? And, and really contain Josh Allen. I mean, if that is the AFC Championship game that we get, if my predictions are correct, I mean, that's that's going to be, you know, 38-35, 41-38, an absolute banger, but one that I think Buffalo can win. That would be an incredible AFC Championship game. I hope, I hope we mm -hmm. do get something of, of that sort. Saints versus Green Bay. Breeze versus Rodgers. Mm -hmm. What you got? Yeah, I got the Packers coming out. Um, you know, I, Drew Brees has been in my life for a long time. I, I would, I would love the narrative of one more for the Gipper. You know, riding off into the sunset, taking over on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or wherever he ends up. I, I just, you know, I just don't see it. I, I don't think New Orleans is on Green Bay's level. I don't really think anybody in the NFC is on Green Bay's level unless unless they just completely go out there and lay a dud in one of these games. Um, they have looked so in control um, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. You got the you got the Smith twins on the defensive line who can certainly get into the backfield anytime that they need to. I just don't like the chances of New Orleans going on the road in a cold weather game that's going to be really dictated on the ground, right? Um, it's going to be an Aaron Jones show, and when Rodgers needs to throw, he's used to throwing at 27 degrees. I, Breeze really isn't. You know, you, you'll hear a lot of stuff about, oh, he played at Purdue and yada, yada. Yeah, but then he was in San Diego for seven years and he's been in a dome ever since. They, it ain't the same. Um, I wouldn't trust his ability to push the ball down the field. It would have to be Camara or Bust and give me Green Bay.
Green Bay versus Buffalo. Who you got? Green Bay. They are my they are my eventual uh, Super Bowl LV champions. Uh, I think that's fifty five if my math is correct. Um, I think it's going to be the Green Bay Packers. I, I don't really think it matters who comes out of the AFC. They're the most complete team. Um, I, I think it's a big reason why we're we're going to see Aaron Rodgers probably win the MVP. Even though I think Derrick Henry should win it, MVP is a very narrative award. Um, and people, I, I, especially sports writers, I think want to give him a lifetime achievement award this year. Um, and that's why I think he's going to win that. Uh, I think everything's coming up, coming up Green Bay in Lambeau. So Green Bay Packers win the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, that would be a good cap to a career which has a Super Bowl victory, but has not, mm-hmm. you know, the thing, when you look at Aaron Rodgers, as much as he's done, in the talent that he's had, yeah, it's kind of been a disappointing career when it comes to the playoffs, right? Yep. He normally makes the playoffs, but that's usually about it. They show up to the dance, and not a whole lot else outside of that. I think Honestly, start- the best team he the best team he had, I think it was the. I'm gonna miss on the year. It was the second Eli Manning Super Bowl team that beat the Patriots. The Giants went into Green Bay and won the NFC championship in green Bay. That was one of the better teams he had. That team was 13 and three or 14 and two. Um, and, and were I think, well, you know, well favored in that game over. I Eli's believe that Giants. was the first Eli super bowl. Was it the first one or the yeah, second one? It was the first one. Because... Might've been the first one. Okay. Or wait a minute. Or was that Brett? Favre? I thought it was the second one, which would have been like 2011, maybe 2012. My, my math could be you, off there, you... but. You might be right because the first one might have still been uh, Brett Favre. The one that sticks out to me was the, the NFC Championship game, Packers and Giants, when the first Super Bowl because they ended up being the undefeated Patriots. But I remember thinking it was going to be the Packers versus the Patriots, and there was an incredible, mm-hmm. incredibly difficult conditions of the weather. I want to say there was some right. snow, but there was some really bad wind, and the Giants found, yeah, found like, a way to to uh, fight their way through. But that's interesting. All right, well, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, shift gears from that, head over to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame vote. Um, I'll give you mine real quick. I've got some of the other more uh, prominent names, uh, their votes, if you're interested in those. Um, real quick on the one yesterday, Peter Gammons, he always like to look at his cause he's pretty well respected. That goes without saying, but I've never really hundred percent agreed with a lot of his stuff because, okay. He has bonds and Clemens, Kent, Roland, Schilling, Sheffield, Viscal and Wagner. Hmm. The okay. one that is on there that I'm like, I cannot put that dude in the hall of fame is Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland, to me, is not a Hall of Famer. He was a pretty darn good third baseman. I don't think of Scott Rowland being even elite upper tier in his own league when he was playing. Scott Rowland, he battled so many injuries. He was great defensively, but offensively he was very blah. I can't believe that Gammon's... Roland's not going to make it, but I can't believe that Roland's is even on his list. He's even wasting a, a – I think it's one of those deals where 
you might get you might see someone slip through the cracks this year because it's such a really really shallow pool this year for the for mm-hmm. votes. Uh, and then people the, uh, people baseball fans in my life hate it when I say this, but Scott Rowland's a first ballot Hall of Famer in the Hall of Very Good, which is not that I'm I'm a traditionalist when it comes to the Hall of Fame. I don't think we should have you know. I don't think we should have guys like, you know, I don't even think Bill Mazeroski should be in the Hall of Fame for crying out loud. And we're probably going to get Omar Vizquel in whose career war is is middling at best. You know, it's like 53 or 54, which is below Scott Rollins, to be fair. Um, but I think he's going to get put in just because he was this defensive wizard. Um, and, and that's fine if that's how you want to vote. I don't feel that way about the Hall of Fame. And I agree with you. I don't think Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer. I got to ask you before I give you my ballot. Dale Murphy's um, a Hall of Famer before Scott Rowland is. I I know that exactly, much. exactly. He Dale won Murphy's two MVPs. Like, well, what the hell did Scott two Rowland MVPs. do? Two MVPs, exactly. Um, I've got to ask you about this before I get to my ballot, um, or before I forget about it. Um, since you're as active on on social media as I am, um, did you see the? The fervor about uh, the sports writer, I don't even know what what publication he worked for or where he came from, um, who got his first vote this year and just turned in an empty ballot. Did you see all that? No. Uh, I'll maybe have to, I'll have to connect you to it. He got his very first vote this year and just turned in an empty ballot, he said, because, because he didn't feel anybody was worthy of the Hall of Fame on the ballot. And I'm just like, he, he waited like 20 years. It, like, this is a guy in his late 30s. Who is this asshat? Yeah, I'll send it to you. I forgot his name already. Um, it went viral over the weekend in, in baseball Twitter. For like, you know what? That's a publicity stunt. That's all that is. Oh, yeah. No, it absolutely is. It always is when somebody does it. They want the attention. Um, I, th- I think I'm actually and- more mad at him than I am at uh, C. Trent Ro- Rosecrans with his stupid, <laughs> terrible takes on on Mariano Rivera's. I mean, I don't know if you saw that, but we talked about it yesterday. Mariano Rivera, he bragged about the fact that he voted for him even though that he is a Trump supporter. I'm like, what the hell has that got to do with? Has nothing to do. Right. Has nothing to do with baseball. Nothing to do with baseball. And well, this is going to come up again when I give you my ballot because there's nothing to do with baseball. Right. And so he said he couldn't vote for Schilling because of morality. Okay. No, give me a break. And I'm like, okay. And then in that same breath, that's when he said, but I did vote for, for uh, Rivera even though he's a Trump supporter, like the hell does that got to do with morality? Because because he's a Republican and you're, and you're evidently a Democrat. I mean, what the hell has that got to do with anything? I'm not voting for a Rod because he's a Biden supporter. I'm not voting for a Rod because he's a damn cheater. Okay, <laughs> and he's and I mean I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there. He's nauseating. Okay, he's you know as much as I tried to like a Rod, he kind of put a put a fork in all that here recently with some of the just. Ugh. Did you see the ball drop thing with J Lo? I can't believe Timus and I didn't talk about this yesterday. I got to bring it up to him tomorrow. <laughs> Did you see this? No, I didn't see it. Please tell me more. She, she, I, she, I, she I, was I always singing. enjoy whenever, whenever A Rod's a moron, which is always. She was singing songs, and he was in the. Not, can't call it a crowd because they had it blocked off for, for obvious reasons. But he just looked like the biggest simp sitting there just freaking, you know, nodding along and whatnot. And she tried to sing uh, Steven Tyler, Aerosmith, to him, <laughs> serenaded. And I fell out laughing because you have to understand something about Timus Wooten. 
His favorite band in the entire planet is Aerosmith. His least favorite athlete on the entire planet is A-Rod. And she's serenading Aerosmith to A-Rod. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, it would only be better if A-Rod had, like, an Aerosmith T-shirt on, right? So, but it, it was just, he, he's just nauseating. But I just um, but my point is, you don't, you don't pick against. So, he did all that, Sean, but he did put steroid users in when he's talking <laughs> about morality clauses. So he so he voted so he voted for bonds and he voted for for uh, Clemson and look if you want to vote for them I'm not going to rake you over the coals everyone's got their reasoning Justin voted for them but my point is you can't call morality and then vote for them as well right it's nope. it's got to be one or the other my short list this year is Andrew Jones although you could talk me out of him okay. Because he had 10 years where he was the best center fielder in baseball defensively. He was top five offensively. But then the tail end of his career, if he doesn't get in, it's Andrew Jones's fault. I felt like he let himself get out of shape. Yeah. And if you, don't, and if you, don't, put the, if you don't put the work in, maybe you don't belong in the Hall of Fame. His top 10 years makes me lean towards it because I watched him every day. So it's easier for me to say that. But once again... Dale Murphy belongs in there before Andrew Jones. That's just my thought. Number two, Jeff Kent. It is absurd this guy is not in the Hall of Fame. They want to talk about players who get a bad rap and whatnot. Jeff Kent was the best second baseman in baseball for about a 10-year period. And if you look at his defensive statistics, even if you go to the new analytics of it, Jeff, Jeff Kent was right there at the top of the National League every year in in defense. It's just he got this – He people got it in their head that he wasn't a great defensive player. He was a very good second baseman. Todd Helton I have to put in. I'm not going to take it away from him that he played in Colorado all those years. It's not his damn fault. Nope. So I've got to put him yeah. in. And then Momar Vizquel, he is the best shortstop that has ever played baseball that I've ever seen, that you have ever seen, that anybody has ever seen. Offensively, he was not outstanding, but you can't take away that he didn't have these incredible offensive stats in an era that we are also not putting guys in for having inflated offensive stats because of steroids. So if he, so if he would have stuck jammed that needle in his arm, maybe he would have had these home runs. But when I look at Omar Vizquel, and I watch him on a regular basis because any Indians game I could watch, I I got it. I had to get it. I had to watch it. Omar Vizquel was a star at that at that shortstop position. The things he did prevented run me measurements that they have today. He would have been just killing it. And so I've got to put Omar Vizquel in. If people don't realize that he's the best defensive shortstop of all time, it's only because they never watched him. Ozzie Smith was a great showman. Omar Vizquel was a better defensive shortstop, and it just it's true. Oh, no, Ozzie Smith is great. He's got to be probably number two on my list, but Omar Vizquel is that much better in my opinion. And then I've got to put Kurt Schilling in. I don't want to hear any more of this morality clause crap. The guys, this is ninth year. And, Sean, when I think about a guy I would want on the mound, my life depended on it in the postseason, Kurt Schilling's right there at the top of the list. There's three names yep. that come to mind in our era, right? And it's to me, it's Smoltz, 
It's Pettit and it's Schilling, and that's the list. Pettit is the only one that has any kind of – I can't put guys in with steroids. I just can't. When I listen to other guys who are in the Hall of Fame, guys like John Smoltz, and they vehemently are against it, until they change their tune, I won't change mine because I get where they're coming from. They're saying basically it's not fair to put them in and reward them when we did it the right way. And what about the guys that are being left out because their numbers just fall just a little bit short, but they didn't do the roids, right? So guys like Dale Murphy, what if, what if, yeah. Dale, what if Dale Murphy would have been jamming a needle in his butt every single day? He probably got a – what about Fred McGriff who fell just a few home runs short of 500? Crime dog. You think crime dog goes out there and goes all freaking – Jose Canseco about it. You think Crime Dog doesn't get to 600? They had one of the one of the solid swings, and I don't remember a swing in the history of baseball that had less holes in it. So yep. that's my list. What's yours? So my list, um, I, I won't cover any of the any of the talking points that you did because I've got one surprise at the end that that I you didn't say, um, and I'm sure you will vehemently disagree with. Um, I've got Schilling at the top of my ballot. I think he's definitely going to get in. Um, people, people who are saying they're leaving him off their ballot, um, are, are just baffling to me. You're, you're talking out of both sides of your face. Uh, you don't like him because of his political opinions and shut up, just give your vote back. If you're going to do that, just don't, right. don't give your vote back, give it to somebody else who's going to be objective. Uh, by the way, I linked you, um, on Twitter for the guy, the, the guy's name who turned in the empty ballot is David Scretta. Uh, he's a writer for the Associated Press predictably in Kansas city covering the Royals, which means he hasn't watched good baseball ever a day in his life aside from one season. Right. So that explains all I needed to know. He turned in an empty ballot in his first, in his first year, having one. Congratulations. Please give your vote back. Um, Schilling's my first. Um, Clemens is my second. Uh, I, I I'm sorry. I mean, uh, an ex trainer having syringes and, and all the stuff around him. I just don't, I, I like hard proof. Call me crazy. Um, I like proof of things. Maybe that makes me nuts, but I, I've never really seen the whole thing around Roger Clemens. This guy is one of the one of the ten most dominant pitchers of all time. And if we can't put him in the Hall of Fame, just close Cooperstown and and just you know say we're just not doing it anymore. Um, Omar Vizquel is my third. Um, all the chatter about him lately with the accusations by by an ex spouse who maybe didn't get enough alimony. That's great. Um, you know, don't, don't know what to say about that. Just like Kurt Schilling has nothing to do with baseball. There is a whole wing in the hall of fame that you could fill with people who have questionable personal ethics, Ty Cobb on and on and on and on and on. Uh, allegedly Roger Maris wasn't the greatest person, someone I've defended for years. You know, who cares? That has nothing to do with how they played on the field. You're absolutely right. Omar Vizquel, greatest shortstop I, I've ever seen personally. Um, you know, was on the Detroit Tigers staff, I think a year ago or two years ago, um, and has since moved on, uh, by all accounts, you know, was a great teammate and definitely belongs in the hall of fame. My number four is Barry Bonds. Um, I've, I've resided with the same opinion that I've had for as long as this has been out there. He was a hall of famer before his head grew four sizes. Now, how much stock you want to take away or put into that doesn't matter. His number is just in Pittsburgh and his first three years in San Francisco, before all the Balco stuff allegedly started up, just if you stop his career right there, he's still in the Hall of Fame. His numbers are every bit as good as Dale Murphy's, who should be in the Hall of Fame, I would argue. So Bonds is always on my ballot every year. I'm not parsing the hairs with the guys who never failed an MLB drug test. He's failed in the court of public opinion. That's great. If we're going to do that, 
keep everybody out. My fifth, and this is the most surprising one to some people, I just love this guy. And um, I think he's worthy of the Hall of Fame based on everything he came back from. And I think he's maybe the third greatest at his position of all time, at least for his time period, is Billy Wagner. Um, Billy Wagner is the fifth name on fifth and final name on my ballot. Um, his ERA plus is 187, which is higher than I think would put him like 15th all time amongst Hall of Fame pitchers. Um, came back from a terrible ball to the face, smack dab in the middle of his career that would have ended the careers of most guys. Um, led the National League in saves five times, uh, career whip under one, career ERA under 2.2. Just think he was really, really solid for a very, very long time. 12 seasons as a closer where he finished top five in saves, regardless of what your opinion is as a baseball fan on saves and how much they matter. It matters. It's a position that, you know, was created by the natural progress of the league in needing to close games out. And Billy Wagner is my fifth guy. Like I said, I won't rank anyone over the coals. I personally am against the steroid cheaters getting in, but many people are not i think they eventually will get in here's my thing with it i don't want to see them voted in let the veterans committee deal with it and that's yeah, just that's sure. just, when, there you if, go. if you get them in a room guys that played the game and they're okay with putting them in not these smucks because i'm telling you right now i just took a look at this davis scredit guy looks like he's 14 okay like what the hell does he know about baseball you know I, i've Nothing. Got, I, been watching the royals I, i've got socks who, who've watched more baseball than he has so uh I just there. There's too many MLB Hall of Fame voters between way too many between the Scredder and Rosecrans. It's a joke. It's a freaking joke. But they don't they don't seem to hold to high standards on who they're going to give. I don't care about your stupid resume. Make sure the person who's got the vote is a diehard baseball guy and understands baseball. And 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 that, right. and that is his that is his thing. The Rosecrans thing is a joke. And just because he writes for The Athletic, are you kidding me? What's that been around three, four years? Get the hell out of town. That I, I tried to look up his resume. That was the most impressive thing on his resume. He writes for The Reds on, on The Athletic. Nothing against people who write for The Athletic. There are a lot of very talented people. This is not one of them because I, I read some of his junk, and he's just he's a very pompous – I. I said it yesterday. He ought to be in a coffee house somewhere snapping. Like he just, he's a, he, he's a putz. He's a putz. He spends more time combing his beard than, than anything else. I damn sure. Knew, I know. I know he's never been in a gym. He's got absolutely like 0% body muscle, not body fat, body muscle. Mm. Uh, he's a, just a blob that sits there and wants to put down someone for the way they vote. I mean, come on, get the hell, get your head out of your ass. This is where we go not to think about politics and if we're going to yep. start taking guys out that you've got something problem with what they did at some point in their lifetime there are a lot of people starting with ty cobb and ending with a hell of a lot more that have done some really there are very questionable people don't realize this there are guys that are in the major league baseball hall of fame voted in through the negro leagues that have a lot of questionable things behind them josh gibson yep. being one of them in the forefront from all for all accounts he wasn't a very good person but that doesn't mean that what he did on the field shouldn't matter. Pete right. Rose should be in the Hall of Fame because what he did was not as a player. And that's a different fight for a different day, but the guy's done his time. 
I would just prefer these guys to have to make the entire 10 years, go to the Veterans Committee, and then if the Veterans Committee says, you know what, we have no problem with it, then I can live with it, right? Then I can say, all right, fair enough. I mean, if you're going to put Harold right. Baines in the Hall of Fame, we might as well just keep the door <laughs> wide open. Harold Baines, God. I'm, so, I'm surprised they haven't pulled my Little League stats and, and you know, see my name pop up there. Uh, <laughs> it's time to turn back time and do our walk-off, so let's go ahead and get into that real quick as we finish up another great Armchair Quarterback radio show here on YouTube Live, CBS Sports, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. <laughs> Speaking of baseball, if I could find a way, on this date in 1976, Mr. Ted Turner purchases the Atlanta Braves for $12 million. Man, would you have liked to have had that? Could you have bought into that like you can buy into Bitcoin today and see what it's going to be worth you know, 40 years from now? My God. Uh, also... On this date, 1980, the Philadelphia Flyers set an NHL record of 35 straight games without a loss. That's pretty damn impressive. That is pretty, pretty good. Impressive. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. What does that mean? I guess I Birthdays. We've got a man. Is that right? This man is 83 years old today. Oh, Mr. Lou Holtz. Ooh. 83 years old. Recovering from COVID. Get better, Lou. Yeah, uh, Lou is... Uh, I'm sorry. No, it's... Oh, I'm sorry. 84. I've got 2020. He's still mad. Uh, he's 84 years old today. I apologize. Uh, obviously known for his broadcasting and coaching at South Carolina and Notre Dame. Little known fact, Lou Holtz played linebacker at Kent State. I did not know that. Um, and worked his way through his ranks. 249 wins on the college ranks. 132 losses. 12-8-2 in bowl games. Do you remember the one NFL team that Lou Holtz coached for before he came back That would be. College? I'll do it in my Lou Holtz voice. That would be the New York Jets. Yes, New York Jets. Went three and ten, got fired. He didn't get the uh, the forgiveness that I get. Miss, I guess Mister uh, uh, Adam Gase got. Adam oh, Gase yes. was allowed to suck for years in Miami, and then suck for a couple <laughs> more years in, in the Jets. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to take over the Jaguars next. Uh, Sean, what is your walk off <laughs> for the day? Uh, since Justin walked off with college basketball, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to say uh, walk off your 16th ranked, my 16th ranked Michigan Wolverines, who are 9-0, and 4-0 in the Big Ten. And the most important stretch of their season is in the next 9 to 10 days. Uh, tonight, hosting Minnesota, who's ranked number 16. Michigan's 10 right now, depending on what poll you look at. Hosting Minnesota, who's number 16, their biggest test so far at Penn State, home for Wisconsin, and then at Minnesota all between now and next Saturday. Big stretch for Juwan Howard. Love what he's building. Go Blue. My walk-off for the day is, you know, clear your weekend up because there's not a whole lot going on the, the next couple of days in sports. But, well, 
Florida State does play today in basketball. I'm going to try to check that out if it gets played. Who the hell knows if it's going to get played? But uh, there, it's going to be wall-to-wall football starting s- Saturday morning going all the way to Sunday mm-hmm. night. Yep. Every f- Figure out what your wife wants you to get done, man. Get that figured out now. <laughs> Start working on that crap tonight when you get home. You know, if you have to, go to the wee hours of the morning of Friday. And, you know, it's because you don't want to miss these games because that Buffalo-Indianapolis game, that could break – that could bust Sean's bracket out the gate. Out the freaking – Really could. I don't think it will. I do believe Buffalo is going to annihilate the Colts. I don't think they're going to beat them. I think they're going to annihilate them. No, no offense, to little man. I hope he's not hearing that. No, little little man. Even little man even said of all the games this weekend, he thinks that's the one most likely to be a blowout. He says if the Colts lose, it's probably going to be bad. It's going to be like forty-five to ten. It's like I hate to say I agree with you, but that that's the one I would say of all the ones that are likely to be blowouts. That's the one that's most likely to be a blowout. I would say they're just playing so good. It's nothing against the Colts, but the Colts. Yeah, the Colts can only do so much. And noodle arm in the Buffalo wind. I worry about that, you know. Yep. But I, I that's that's one of my favorite games of the weekend. That I'm I'm very interested about the Tampa Bay game Saturday night. Uh, mm-hmm. My least interested one is probably Bears Saints. Though I'm going to watch right. them all, but it should be a fun weekend. Thank thank you NFL for expanding it. To oh, so great. Six games. So great. Ah, so great. And we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it, but put a pin in it next week. I want to talk about NBA expansion because it's gaining steam. They're talking about adding two more teams to offset the financial losses. Like we don't, we don't need, we don't need eighteen teams in the playoffs. But fourteen is awesome. You know, fourteen is great for the NFL. Um, and the NBA is not talking about expanding their playoffs. They're doing the whole play-in tournament thing. But just expanding the league by two more teams could be interesting. So we'll talk about that are next they, week. Are they this doing is, the play-in tournament this year? Yeah. Seven through ten. Oh, I, I didn't know they were doing that. Okay. Yep. I thought that was yep. just a COVID bubble thing. Okay. No, no. They people liked it so much, and you know, it got such great ratings on television, even in the bubble. Um, I think they're going to run it every year because there's usually not a difference between seven and ten in the NBA. Usually, those teams at the bottom, like they don't have a chance in the first round, anyways. You're Is it really be just a three playing game series. I hope. I, I think it's a thing similar to what they did last year where it can be a three-game series, but the lower seed has to maybe win twice, uh, I think is what it is. Like the seven or eight team only has to win one game to knock the other team out. At least I think that's what they're doing. Gotcha. I haven't read it up. I haven't read up on it enough yet, but we can let's cover look, that next week. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. Let, let's put a pin in that and uh, cover that next week. Put a pin it, in that for next week, but your, your point now is Now, is hockey doing the same NFL. thing? Or are they doing expanding playoffs? Okay. Let's, nope. We will put a pin in that and definitely talk about that next week. Great job. We will see Have you. Have a good day, everybody. Next Wednesday, sir. Good luck to uh, uh, the Colts for Little Man because, <laughs> man, I, I remember good being luck. that age and being so emotionally involved in my team loss. It just wrecked me. Thankfully, thankfully for him, the Pacers are doing very well. So I, I think that'll soften the blow. The Pacers are 5-2. and two. They've looked great. And MTSU basketball is starting up. So, you know, he's, he's fine. But, yeah. Good luck to everybody's teams this weekend. That game should have been Sunday night. That way, that way it didn't wreck his weekend. That's all I'm saying. There you go. You know? There you go. All right, brother. We're going to take off out here. See you manana. Four, three, two, one. Happy Wednesday.
Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. you haven't downloaded it yet, the Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that. I want to tap that. You can bet I'm going to get.